sweet of him. Look on the ASA. My gosh. They're all going against the wind. It was basically a cube with inside of sphere where the points of the cube uh, were touching outside of the sphere. It's a worldwide phenomenon. That UFO podcast is powered by Zencaster. Zencaster is one of the world's leading platforms for recording and hosting podcasts. The open beta strives to put the power of studio quality remote video production into the hands of anyone with a story to tell. Features include HD video recording, studio quality sound, chat and footnotes all running right from your browser so you can record from anywhere without ever installing anything. Check out the links in the show description to find out more. Hi everyone and welcome back to That UFO Podcast. Got a breakdown for you kicking off January with Dan. How are we Dan? I'm great, thank you very much. How are you? I am not bad. Um, We should actually mention... uh, because I don't think we have yet on audio that your fundraiser, you hit your your mark and beyond. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so, 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 so much to everybody who who contributed. Um, we, we've gone a little bit over uh, the desired amount. So I'll be going to Columbia to investigate uh, a light phenomena on a mountain and hopefully figure out whether that's uh, something prosaic or something a little bit more mysterious. Um, you, you know, we might have to put a flag up and ask for for help from UAPX or Project Galileo maybe. Uh, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, it it's going to be really fun and exciting. Expect a lot of streaming via my Instagram. You can find me at, at the Zignal. Um, I'll post a little bit on Twitter, but it doesn't have those live streaming things. Um, also look out for, for uh, live streams from Vinny's channel at Disclosure underscore team um, mm-hmm. because he does live streaming a lot more. So I expect I'll be popping up on there a bit as well. <laughs> Yes, and you mentioned you'd went over your target by a bit, which was amazing that people were still donating even That's at that right, point. Yeah, um, and you were telling me beforehand: Are you booking up Dubai, or were you going somewhere a bit more exotic with the extra? <laughs> no, I should again. We're joking. Um, so no, no, I will say because there's a cool thing we decided with that actually. So there's a few bits of equipment for me to get, like lapel mics and things like that, just so you know people can hear me when I'm talking and we're doing the live streaming stuff. Um, but. Basically, what we're going to do is whatever is left over at the end of the holiday, there is a, a small orphanage in the town. So whatever's left over will be donated again in the name of UFO Twitter, um, spreading a little love and positivity wherever we go. Yeah, awesome. And like you say, with with the money you raised, it, it covered the expenses of the trip and the flights and stuff. So even the extra, it lets you live a bit while you're there as well so yeah. it's um it's not free to be there obviously but on like you say that that's awesome to do that as well we're, we're not turning into a charity podcast it's that we're here to talk about ufos at the end of the day plain and simple but it, it's nice that you can give a little something like that extra back as well so yeah i think so too looking forward to, to dan getting out there and being a part of that and and then the actual documentary that comes from it as well which will be which will be awesome if thanks for everyone who's checked out the ashley cowie podcasts um i know it was a up in a big two hour 25 effort on on the premium services and it was part one and part two on the free feeds 
thank you to everyone who who listened checked out and we got some great feedback from it as well if ashley cowie wasn't a name that you knew beforehand you you certainly do now and he told some wonderful stories on there and uh, tales from colombian ufology and ufo history out in in south america so that was really really interesting um so yeah, a few things to talk about on this breakdown. Uh, first off, Christopher Mellon uh, released an article just a couple of days ago as we record this. And the article was titled, very interestingly, Why hasn't Lou Elizondo been offered his DOD job back? Now, it was very much one of those where that tells you exactly what is within the article. There's nothing hidden there and there's no kind of rhetorical meanings at all. Um Dan, when when Chris Mellon puts something out, it's it's not because he's had a bored half hour and decided to create some content for his for his Patreon users. Like Chris, I don't think he's got a Patreon, but you know, Chris <laughs> Mellon uh, has has done this deliberately and for a reason. What do you think his reasoning is to put a letter like this on on Lou's behalf? It's it's interesting timing because we've had a spokesperson, a Department of Defense spokesperson, Susan uh, Goff put out messaging that a new office isn't needed and the office that they just kind of set up is fit for purpose. Um, and when Chris puts, th- puts things out, you're right, it's not for you know an audience like that. It usually is directed at lawmakers and you know he, he's very pointed with his language and, and if everyone's reading it and thinking, hmm, this, this doesn't seem you know aimed at us, it's because it's, it's not. Um, I, I think Chris is pointing out um, essentially that the government is dysfunctional because People like Lou, uh, the, the point he makes is that people like Lou were thinking outside of the box and actually trying to solve this problem. Um, and if you look at how he's been treated by the Department of Defense over the past few years, you'll you'll see that thinking outside the box is not just not rewarded, it's discouraged. And keeping Lou under, under the kind of pressure that they're putting him under by saying, you know, that he didn't work at ATIP and things like that and flip-flopping on their statements... Um, it just discourages people to do do the work that needs to be done. You know, they're only ever going to do the thing that they're told to do, and that that doesn't get us anywhere. It was really interesting. Um, Stephen Greenstreet, who I know the last couple of months has had his ups and downs with the UFO Twitter community, which I'm sure Stephen cares about. You know, um, he he put on some comparative comments from Pentagon spokespeople from the last couple of years. Uh, where they have flip-flopped on those statements seven or eight months apart. I don't know, Dan, if you're able to bring those up, if you've got I them handy. That you right can, yeah. Me, Do you yeah. want to read those so, out for people? Because I thought this was really good work from Stephen, to be fair. Yeah, for sure. So May 2019, this was uh, Pentagon spokesman Chris Sherwood. And Chris seems to be more amenable to the truth coming out. Um, and in conversations and interviews, um, he, he said that he found the whole thing frustrating, that they weren't just being straight about it. So. That first statement, May 2019, Chris said, ATIP did pursue research and investigation into unidentified aerial phenomena. Quite simple, you know, no, no, nothing complex. There's nothing crazy said there. I mean, there is, but, you know, not not by our standards, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then just a few months later in December, uh, Susan Goff said neither ORSAP nor ATIP were UAP related, directly contradicting. <laughs> then we had, uh, again, Chris Sherwood, back in May 2019, said that Elizondo was detailed to DIA. Then, forward to December again, and Susan's now saying that Elizondo was neither assigned nor detailed to DIA. Chris also said that Elizondo had no responsibilities with regard to the ATIP program, um, whereas DIA spokesperson James Cudier in May 
2019 said that Elizondo helped transition ATIP out of DIA to another office. So it seems that the only people that think that Elizondo did nothing is Susan Goff, because <laughs> everyone that worked with him and has seen the paperwork, you, you know, two out of three people there, um, all disagree with her. Susan Goff, by very title, as it suggests, is the spokesperson for the for the DOD. That's right. Are there people behind her though who are are giving her this information to to read out? Because as as it seems on the surface, it's a a one you know one person rampage against Lou Elizondo from Susan Goff. But are there not other people in the background giving her this information and you know putting her up there to say this? This is the thing with with uh, Susan. It's an interesting predicament because you're absolutely right. If it was anybody else, they're just doing their job, right? Um, whereas yeah. 844 days ago, uh, Susan Goff instructed all of the other departments dealing with UAP issues to direct all of the FOIA requests to her. She essentially took the reins and said, you know, I am the FOIA officer for this, which yeah. she is not. That is not her remit. That is not her job. And now suddenly she's been promoted to a full spokesperson. She's someone that's strategizing and mm-hmm. her paper in evolution of um, psyops in America and a history of it um, shows that she's someone that thinks about strategy on this point. So while she, yes, probably is an in-between for messaging, she's more than willing to do what the hand is telling her and no doubt help come up with the very strategy that's being employed. And that's why so many people have an issue with Susan Goff. Um, yes. People might have noted that we're pronouncing her name Goff and it's been Go in the past. Uh, I think that's just been a... I don't know when we heard Go. For me, that pronunciation was always Goff, but I don't know if it was one of those I, I think US it's when things. We, we came up with a little rant about trying to get her to leave her job. You know, go, go. Susan, go. <laughs> yeah, go, go, go. Um, but yeah, so that, that was interesting that Chris Mellon's article has gone up. It's a pretty short piece. It's to the point. Uh, has It's got Lou's resignation letter on there as well from 2017. Very much sticking up for a friend and colleague. But I'm sure it's aimed at a few people. Short of having their names plastered on there to say X, Y, and Z, please read this. It's it's there for certain people to read, and again, maybe not necessarily the rest of us as a community. Yeah, I mean, imagine Senator Gillibrand reading that and kind of going, "Oh wow, the government is dysfunctional. They are not listening to what we've directed them in this uh, this legislation, and they're not going to play ball no matter what they're saying." You know, it, it's the proof is in their actions, not their words. Absolutely. So yeah, check that out on Chris Mellon's blog, and you'll see it on his Twitter feed and other socials as well. Next up, I tweeted a piece the other day that i found on reddit and uh it was on uh, as a magic document uh, from the cia i think the black vault there's a lot of links going around to the black vault having this this piece up and uh, the title of it it was in the high strangeness reddit sub forum by irrelevant appellation and it was magic perfectly explained in a cia document and it talks about patterning which is a technique involved using consciousness to basically manipulate objectives um dan i'm going to stop there because the wording of it got a little bit um crazy as it goes on (laughs) do you know the thing that most unsettled me about this was the slight angle that the document was photocopied at 
which makes it feel like you're constantly reading the lines as they go up. <laughs> Did you fall uh, off your chair when you were reading? <laughs> yeah, and I do wonder if that's a deliberate CIA thing that they they put them out, they start their stuff out there at a funny angle, which just totally messes with your mind. <laughs> but um, yeah, so you you knew a little bit more about this, and you've also just last in the last week downloaded the full document, haven't you as well? Yeah, that's right. I can I can tweet that out on social media for people. Um, it's been around for a while. It was a document that was issued in uh 9th of June, nineteen eighty three. Um, and it basically details a process that someone called Robert, Robert Monroe came up with. Um, and he was essentially trying to formalize the, the protocols of various different uh, things that look like remote viewing. Where expanding your consciousness, transcendental meditation, hypnosis, all that kind of stuff. You know, we, we were trying to figure out, like, how does that work? What, what is it? Um, and the hemisync process uh that came up you can you can actually buy these as audio files um they play a different tone in each ear and the idea is that it's going to sync the two hemispheres of your brain together and then when that happens the harmonic resonance produced through those two different sounds gives you a different brain state and that supposedly allows you to slip into you know the astral plane or whatever you want to call it quicker um there's a little bit in the document that talks about uh kundalini and i don't know if you've used that heard that term before but it's about kind of a, a spiritual awakening um so it's it's one of these things that again there's a lot of language that the words might be different but these concepts have been around for as far back as i can think in history you know it's just a case of writing them down um but yeah wayne, wayne mcdonald uh did a kind of a summary of the whole process um detailed it and turned it into the U.S. Army. Um, it's called the Gateway Analysis. If you want to Google it, um, there's there's nothing in there that is going to give you superpowers. I'll say that straight up. Um, all that kind of stuff takes work. And if you want to do that, great. I'd recommend going to the Monroe Institute Gateway Process website and just kind of downloading those initial things. Um, they're really nice for meditation. Um, I, I want to kind of I, I have this little head strap brainwave monitor thing. And I'm really eager to put that on and kind of go through the course and see how my control of the brainwaves is altered. Um, but yeah, that that's what it is essentially. If anyone's got an interest in this, which I'm sure you will have, I recommend checking out my interviews with Dr. Simeon Hine that i done uh, last year and the year before, and also Buddy from Alien Protocols as well. Um, some really interesting conversations within those. And and Buddy actually doesn't call it remote viewing. He calls it resonance viewing, doesn't he, as well? So That's right. Um, because again, we're talking about resonance and, and the how to get there is to resonate with the universe. That's the idea. Th- this document, though... It, it talk, It seems to talk to me, and as I was reading it, I got kind of thoughts of the Matrix in there, and you know when Neil bends the spoon, but it's not the spoon that bends, but yourself, and deconstructing reality Absolutely. and all that kind of stuff as it came across. Yeah, 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 and and that essentially is is what I'm getting at when I talk about how those concepts have been with us for a long time, and we just use different language to talk about them. So now we have you know that document is called hemisync or whatever and really you you can go back into buddhism and you, you know uh kundalini and learn about all that and you'll see the same concepts over and over again so if you're intrigued by this give it a read you, you might find it a little bit on the edge um but you know to, see where it goes <laughs> you, you can either listen to us on the radio or you can have a do do a little bit of work and uh and see if you can remote view 
Happy New Year's from our friends over at Manscaped. The ball has officially dropped on 2022, like a tic-tac falling from 80,000 feet. But don't drop the ball on your own grooming. It's time you brought the sexy back in 2022 and step up your game with Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped to help them bring in the new year with the right tools for the job. Go to manscaped.com and use code ANDYUFO for 20% off and free shipping it's a new year it's a new you and we hope in this new year a new ufo office will finally push us forward with the tools to crank up the heat on disclosure well the manscaped performance package 4.0 contains six essential tools for the ultimate below the waist grooming routine Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you find the Signature Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. The advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate orbs. And it also comes equipped with a 4000K LED spotlight that will shine a light that puts those Phoenix lights to shame, folks. Remember, get 20% off and free shipping with the code ANDYUFO at manscaped.com. Can I also add in there, Dan, is this not, and I've not just looked this up, by the way, I was typing something else, is this not part of where the, you said it doesn't give you superpowers, but the, the Menusteric Goats with George Clooney, uh, Ewan McGregor and co, is yes. loosely based on this, isn't it? And can I just say, I mean, don't go into it looking at it as a as a documentary, although it does come up with a disclaimer near, right at the beginning that much of what you've seen here is is actually true and did happen. Uh, that's a really funny movie uh, but it is also a really interesting one for me have you seen that yourself i have yeah yeah it, it makes a really good double viewing with third eye spies because you you yes. kind of get a bit good sense of what they really dramatized in the movie um i i feel like it's been a game of telephone with some of these remote viewing stories um you, you know depending on who you ask depends on who stopped the goat's heart by looking at it uh you know you ask yuri geller it was him yeah, someone else, it was someone else. Um, but there might be a nugget of truth in that. Maybe they slowed something's heart down or something like that, you know. Um, I find it really intriguing, and it, it's one of these things that I'm going to be looking at on uh, my show, Colouring Outside the Lines. Um, I'll be talking with a whole bunch of remote viewers, and hopefully we can kind of dig in. And if you have any questions about this stuff, especially this document, send it in. Uh, the, these are the guys that are going to, you know, know it thoroughly inside out. Absolutely, yeah. Looking forward to that. And uh, just just today, Dan was letting me hear a little sneak peek of what the the music for that podcast will be sounding like. Uh, just after Can I still I be sued by the Spice Girls if I use it. Do you, do you know that? Potentially, and I'll have to say goodbye to you. <laughs> a Spice Girls pun for people on a UFO podcast. Um, but yeah, just today I've finished up with uh, Dave Partridge and Graham Rendell's intro music as well, which I think really hits the tone of their show as well, which they've recorded their intro show today, which I'm really excited to listen to when we got off of this recording as well. Big news uh, getting towards the end of this breakdown, Dan, is that the James Webb telescope is now fully deployed. So if I am correct with my limited scientific knowledge, as everyone knows, that means the thing is now fully expanded. The sun shields it up. It's all it's out and it's in its final evolved Pokemon form. All, <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> it's went from a Pikachu to a Raichu with no issues. And the the telescope is now on its way. I think it's a five month journey to the lagrange lagrange point is that yeah, the right that's way right. uh it's the guy who who find found those points where essentially there's so many kind of bits of gravity that cross over it creates uh, a point in space that you can orbit um and it's so, like a telescope's cap point 
yeah, think of it that way. Uh, except it's going to be orbiting the cat point. It's not going to be sat still at a cat point. Um, and the reason that that'll happen is because basically with the Hubble, there was a lot of downtime with it because it would be in the shadow of the Earth. Um, whereas with the James Webb, because it's orbiting, it'll constantly be in use. So we get a lot more time with it. Just to check, and I'm putting you on the spot here, Dan, before we talk about the James Webb, I think it's only fair to mention Hubble. Hubble done a lot of amazing things. Am I right? I'm taking this off the top of my head. And bear in mind, I could just pause this and use the magic of editing to make it look like I knew it. But did it take 29 years for Hubble to be made and sent into space? You know what? On the top of my head, I'm not sure. I'm not I'm not going to lie and answer it. But I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> There's a lot of technology I, that went into it. I that. might be wrong. And do you know what, folks? We'll leave this in. And if we're wrong, totally disregard this. But the 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 essence of what I'm trying to say will be correct. It took quite a while to make the Hubble telescope, that by the time it was put into space, the technology was already being, you know, upgraded on or outdated and we had better here on Earth. So the the James Webb, when it gets up into space and operational, is going to be a lot more current to what the technology should be right now. That's kind of what I want to say, if that makes sense to people listening. Yeah, for sure. And and while while you were talking there, I just kind of looked up real quick. Um it took eight years to actually build the Hubble telescope. Uh, the idea started to gain traction in the 1960s. 1977, Congress approved funds to begin the development. The telescope was completed in 1985 and launched in 1990. So that's I mean, what I think I was looking that's at. A, that's yeah. a good while, and technology changed a lot in that period, right? And we still got incredible photos from it. We have that, you know, real famous Hubble deep field picture where it looked mm-hmm. at a one-inch patch of sky, and we just saw you know, what we thought would be the abyss and darkness. We saw all this potential, all, all galaxies and planets, and it, it was just super exciting. You said you potential. Know? You were going to say life. Didn't yeah, you? I was. Yeah. <laughs> you caught me well. You're um, allowed on a UFO podcast. You're allowed to say that, yeah. All these potential mysteries, I'll, I'll say that. Um, but yeah, the, the James Webb is, is a little bit different. Um, so currently it's about 700,000 miles from Earth, about 200,000 210,000 miles from the Lagrange point. So it's about 75% there and it's slowing down. Um, when it arrives, um, all the projects are actually queued up at the moment and you can kind of go and read through what it's going to be used for. They, they've approved all the projects, but basically there are kind of four main facets of it. Uh, one, there's going to be looking using infrared vision that's going to be able to peer back further to the early universe. So uh, we'll kind of start to see images of the first stars and galaxies forming out of the darkness which would be cool then you've got galaxies over time this is kind of they'll help com- astronomers compare the, the faintest earliest galaxies to, to today's huge you know spirals and ellipticals and we'll, we'll understand how they are created um then you've got the life cycle of a star there's a lot about that that we don't understand that the the james webb is going to be able to help us with that includes kind of you know monitoring life um or sorry i should say light not life it's a very different thing um and we'll see kind of you know um they call them occlusions where a planet will block a bit of the sun uh mm-hmm. with tabby star that was the everyone thought it was aliens in a dyson sphere um, yeah where the light dimmed so james webb is going to be sent more sensitive to that kind of stuff um so we'll, we're going to be finding a lot of things to to study and there's something about the james webb that i find it's a little bit poetic to think that you, you know you, you've seen pictures of the telescope and it's coated in this beautiful gold mirror that's you know real thin and one of the things they're going to be doing is basically we, we thought that 
heavy heavy elements, heavy metals were made out of supernova explosions. So you know when when you look at your at Susan's uh, your wife's wedding ring, the gold that literally comes from an exploding supernova star. That's kind of cool, right? Um, but they did the calculations and found that it couldn't possibly come from a supernova star. So now they're looking at neutron stars, and there's there's something poetic about the gold coming from that explosion crashing here on earth us just happening to develop to learn how to use this metal and use gold to look back at its own birth that's a little bit profound right it's just poetry emotion yeah and what i hope and while not necessarily related directly to alien life or other you know other civilizations i hope this telescope manages to pick up some some pictures that make scientists look and go what is that or huh we weren't expecting to see that because I know they're going to get to see planets and galaxies clearer and, and potentially, like, I'm guessing, like nebula and how things have developed and come together and, yep. you know, the, those those kind of first stars and just something there that goes, huh, that's not what we were expecting. And that, that for me is what why any scientist who isn't interested in the subject of, of UFOs, it always really confuses me that why wouldn't you be? Because surely as a scientist, you want to find the most incredible and unknown things to, to work them out. I mean, yeah, you, you've hit the nail on the head for Avi Loeb's Galileo project there. You know, we, we saw the first extrasolar object, Oumuamua, come into the solar system. Um, it had a weird trajectory. It looked like it was, you know, altering the trajectory that we expected mm-hmm. from an orbiting object. Um, and then everyone was arguing over what it possibly was. Avi's there trying to set up the project and actually do the work, and scientists are complaining, or sorry, uh, arguing over whether or not it's even an interesting object, when the only solutions to it is either something like an extraterrestrial, you know, solar sail or something like that, ship, whatever, or we're looking at a fully nitrogen kind of chunk floating through space that we didn't think could exist anyway so like either way it's this incredible mystery that should be looked at and i really don't understand why people kind of go oh you know if it might be aliens i don't want to get in on the research like why and not do you want a nobel prize 100 percent. and even in chasing something like Oumuamua, not that we're literally chasing it you know it's, it's long gone but on the way to trying to find out what something like that might be or could have been you might find something else it's that whole thing of you know I think that the phrase used to be aim for the moon if you fall short you may land on a star which is wrong in many many ways but I mean you can asphyxiate either way so (laughs) yeah it's that you're going to tumble into the the vastness of space for eternity you know that's that's what's going to happen but I get I get what they're trying to say with that comment and for me it's like you know what we might not ever find out what Oumuamua was but what else could we find out with the technology to to be ready for the next Oumuamua that, that comes by and like you say it's great that Avi Loeb regardless what happens in the future with that project or others has actually went Do you know what let's go find out as opposed to just sitting around and writing headlines for newspapers and theoretical papers on it and giving quotes on tv he's actually done something about it which is which is fantastic which I love yeah and and it the, the way that he speaks about it as a genuine mystery you, you know he's very clearly open to seeing something that he's not expecting here but he he's running into this as science should run into this. Um, data first. He doesn't want any classified data. He wants to be able to talk about and share all of his data. And he said, you know, if they get some interesting data about birds, he's going to give that to people that study birds. Like there, there are some really interesting things that could come out of this project that have nothing to do with finding ET as well. 
absolutely. And Dan, to finish up, I want to ask you, have you seen the the big Netflix movie everyone's talking about at the moment, Don't Look Up? Uh, yeah, it was weird hearing you say that because you always say, keep looking up. And <laughs> yeah, keep looking up. You never know what you might see. Uh, well, you could look up on Netflix, Don't Look Up, uh, with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, and a whole host of, of other huge, huge stars recruited for this film. Um, it's funny, as some of the things we've just talked about there, it might not necessarily be about alien life, but it was about you know science and what happens when people deny science and it got me thinking of someone like avi loeb going around and trying to get his project going uh, and other scientists just not being interested and we're not going to look at the political statements that are being made by the director in the film but just quickly what did you think of the movie i i thoroughly enjoyed the movie um there they were bits where the laughter kind of turned to you know horror for me because there's this scene at the end where they're kind of saying you know how do you know the media is there and leo just loses his mind and you know i won't i won't swear because you'll have to put the ratings on but he basically <laughs> makes the point because we took a picture of it um and i i had a bunch of texts from friends about that scene saying hey this this sounds like your whole point and i was like yes and it he's does, correct that- because we took a picture of it and it doesn't matter what someone like mick west says we either solve the issue or we sit in a room holding on to our glory days of developing tony hawk and doing nothing except fanning about in a garage you know there's a mystery out there go out and solve it mick isn't a scientist <laughs> let's listen to the scientists and those qualified yeah, and that's exactly what I was thinking as well as you watch it and people look at you know climate change and COVID and all that kind of stuff. But as a commentary, there's so many similarities with the UFO subject and mainstream media making a joke about it. Well, a serious scientist is there trying to prove a point and we've got a lot of data. Yeah, we can't physically show you the thing, especially right now, but there's there's a lot to say. There's something there. And we should be going after this and, you know, not necessarily before it's too late and blows us all up. You know, I hope not. You know, a few interviews we've done recently have talked about impending cataclysms and all that kind of stuff. But for me, it was that whole thing of, do you know what? We could do something about this if we work together now, go out, put some money into it. And just, you know, as as a world, uh, people are going to go, he says world funny in a Scottish accent. as a world a planet um, <laughs> get involved and you know try and kind of solve this mystery and i suppose dan this year you were telling me before one of our very long-term and supportive listeners dave smethers had asked you is this the year and do you know what i suppose the answer to that question like like you kind of said back to dave is you know the year for what is this the year we finally confirm alien life once and for all probably not but what it is is a year where we can make a hell of a lot of progress on the subject yeah, absolutely. Um, we're we're going to have kind of hearts and minds on the issue now and, and proper scientific instruments. And there's actually money behind what Avi is doing. You, you know, it, it's a lot less difficult now to study these things, as proven by the fact that, you know, me, myself, I'm going to Columbia to kind of do one of these projects. Um, so, yeah, it's it's an exciting year because I just think, you know, I'm not on my own. We have the stuff coming out from UAPX. Um we will have a release probably later in the year from James Webb Telescope with some incredible things in there. Um, we'll have Galileo Project starting to share data towards the end of the year. You know, it's a really, really exciting time. Really exciting. 
Yeah, and that's next week we're going to be recording the listener call-ins, which I'm really excited about. Uh, I've not told Dan yet, but if he's available, Dan will be on some of those as well. I always try and set up various different times in the mornings and evenings just to cover people around the world. On the last one, someone sat up till I think it was at four o'clock in the morning, Dan. Yeah, when the listeners right. stayed up or five o'clock in the morning uh, in the US to speak to us, which was amazing. Um, so tonight I'll put the the calling calling times up for people who are on Patreon uh, as a thank you because they get priority access and then I'll open up the diary to everybody else as well. If there are times that don't suit you or don't fit then please email ufouapam at gmail.com and I can try and fit you in in a different time because I've done that plenty of times as well. So I'm looking forward to that and hopefully Dan can, can free up some of his very precious time to get involved with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I can tear myself away from prepping for Colombia and packing my bags and trying to make sure everything will get in my backpack. But yeah, yeah, it'd be lovely. I I love talking to the listeners because they bring so many different perspectives. And, you know, we you you and I kind of have this conversation where, you know, there there are certain we don't go full full woo. I'll put it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas sometimes I find the listener questions can, can draw that out of us a little bit more. And as, as someone who's into my woo, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> And, and you know what? As part of what we kind of mentioned there, Dan, as much as we on the on the call-ins, it's whatever people want to talk about, we can discuss. And we've had people sharing their own experiences, their own theories, or thoughts. What I would love to hear from everyone, um, if you can't think of something to call up about, especially, is what are your hopes for this year? What do you hope twenty twenty two can bring realistically? to this subject and a little bit of why would be great as well so um and just round the corner as part of that folks and um, there's some more interviews coming out an interview with frank milburn will be out in the next day or so and frank actually had a bit of an exclusive on there as relates to injuries at skinwalker ranch and um, which was really interesting to hear it's a really good interview really fascinating to speak to frank and that'll be released in the next kind of 24 hours for everyone and then as part of that, I have Ryan Musgrave-Evans coming on the podcast the week after. He has the book Children of Orion that I'll be speaking to him about. Go and check that one out beforehand. Get your questions over. Already have quite a lot of questions for him already. And I've got one or two other guests who literally today have just got back to me asking me for some dates to confirm with them. So I'll let you know. I've not even said to Dan yet who one of them is. So um, I'll let you know who those are as well in the very, very near future, folks. As well as that, I've got a series of uh, shows I'm working on just now, deliberately being coy about it. Dan knows what I'm working on. Um, It's involving quite a bit of homework to, to do, but I think it'll be really interesting for people. I think it'll be informative. And I think especially in a time where we've got a few months now before we see some action from a a governmental or political point of view, it's a time where people can kind of educate or re-educate themselves on on some of the things that have happened over the past couple of years. So look out for those as well. But until then, Dan, thank you very much for your time. Thank thank you. And thank you again to everybody who donated to the fundraiser. I am humbled and blessed. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for sending Dan away for a couple of weeks. It's uh, very much appreciated. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. That is all for this week's show. Thank you very much for listening. Please remember to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform. You can like, retweet and subscribe. That would all be very much appreciated. The shows are being uploaded onto YouTube as we speak more and more. You can sign up at patreon.com forward slash that UFO podcast to access shows ad free as well. Please get in touch on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, that UFO podcast. Of course, on Twitter, it's at UFO, U-A-P-A-M. And again, folks, as always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see.
wasn't a tic tac and not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap designed by Chaucer. A little baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament effect. The little fucker hovered right outside of my window, and when I shoved out the screen, he made it an issue. I don't think he expected me to see his ass, but I'd had some champagne and smoked a little Imagine how it could have been any better. I got to the top of the stairs and there he was. Like you awake? I was about to abduct you, cuz. I jumped back and nearly kissed myself. Then I climbed out the window after the elf. And I woke up in my bed and there was something on my head and everything was weird and everything was red. And I helped out my boys. They thought this was noise. They thought it was a dream. They thought it was my toys. They thought it was my problems. And I think I should see. Because it doesn't really scare me. If you really want to know who I think they be, I think it's you and me and us and we and him and her and that and she and that thing over there and what's that, Jay? Thank you.